and welcome to the Common Good Podcast, the podcast that showcases the very best of Glasgow Caledonian University and how the institution, its staff and its research benefits people and communities both at home and overseas. My name is Craig Telfer and on this occasion I am joined by Julie Duncan, the Head of Conference and Events at the University, to talk about how her team have responded to the pandemic and what the events industry will look like as we approach the new normal. Julie, thank you so much for joining me, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks very much, Craig. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me. No, pleasure is all mine. And before we get looking at events over the past 14 months, I think it'd be useful to start by looking at your role at the university. Could you tell me about what it is you do at GCU? So as you said, I am head of conference events at GCU. And myself, along with my amazing team, deliver the university's corporate event schedule. That consists of in the region of 60 events a year. And alongside this, and the main body of what the team do um, is deliver the commercial events. So that's effectively selling university space that's not used for teaching to conference and events organisers. And we are responsible for managing that right throughout the year. So how important is that for the university then to be able to, to sell these spaces? It's essential. Many universities nowadays move towards prioritising it. Um, you'll see that Strathclyde have built the Tick building um, and that is dedicated to research and conference and events business because they see it as an income stream that the university can have because the you know, finances are the way they are these days and we're always looking for opportunities and conference and events can, can bring that, that income stream into the university. We're looking at it from an initial perspective there, Julie, but what about it from a, a reputational perspective? So the reputational and the commercial go hand in hand in some, some cases because it's specifically around the Ambassador Programme, which is a programme that's run by Glasgow Convention Bureau, but we manage that at GCU. And what that is, is when an academic is part of an association and they work with us, to help bring that association conference to GCU. So effectively, uh, if you were part of an association, you would work with us, you would usually attend their annual conference, but we would want to bring that to, to Glasgow. And for us, that ticks a number of boxes. The commercial box, because that association will still need to pay for the services, although they do get a 25% discount because all GCU staff get 25% discount on events. And it ticks a reputational box in terms of the academics research to showcase to their peers and finally it ticks the student experience box and a lot of people wouldn't associate that a, a commercial event ticking a student experience box but I'd probably draw on the example of the CSAM conference that we held um, a few years ago it was the biggest one that we did uh, with 675 delegates um, you may remember they took over the Sir Alex Ferguson library and they got a group of students together to work on their conference and they volunteered and they worked on the conference, which meant the students were exposed to networking with professionals in that sector. Uh, they got to listen to the speakers and the workshops. But not only that, the conference organisers were so impressed with our students, they, they actually invited them to work on their conference in Milan. So, you know, for, for those students, that ticked a huge student experience box. And for us as a conference and events department, the ambassador programme is the, the big target for us. That's where we would like most of our events to, to come from because it does tick all the boxes across the university, both commercially, reputationally, where the research is concerned and for the student experience. 
We're looking at this from a GCU perspective, Julie, but what about it from a city-wide perspective? How important are events to Glasgow? Hugely. And the Convention Bureau in Glasgow has won the best Convention Bureau at the Industry Awards for the last, I think they're up to 13 years, but <laughs> um, don't quote me on that. It is around that figure. Um, but they, they are, they're amazing. And the work that they do to bring uh, business into to Glasgow not only for the conference and events venues, but for all the restaurants and hotels and everything that goes with having visitors to a city. Um, you know, we are a, a city that is renowned for, for its events, and that's why we're able to attract things like COP26. You mentioned your team, Julie, and they're a, a, a great bunch of people. Always a pleasure to work with. Can you tell me about their roles and how they feed into the wider objectives of the team in the university? Okay, so there's five of us in the team. Myself as head of conference and events. Then we have Greg O'Donnell, who is the business development manager. Greg is actually alumni of, of GCU and studied study events here. And his role is business development. So he is focused primarily on the commercial side of the business. So it's his job to go out and research potential businesses that would use us for their, their events. He's the person that manages the ambassador programme that I just explained, and he will go to a lot of networking events and things in the, the city. There's then Lynn, and El, Lynn Robertson and Elsa Elenica, who are conference and events officers. So they look after all the, the commercial inquiries, do proposals, contracts, do the coordination and liaise with departments like yourselves, Craig, and, and communications and facilities to make an event happen. They do the follow-up afterwards, the financing. So they are the event managers and they have a responsibility for the commercial events, but they also have certain corporate events that they're responsible for as, as well. So for example, Lynn would look after the professorial lecture series, Elsa would look after the masterclass series. So they are the conference and events officers. And then we have Sophie Callender, who is an events assistant, and she supports the team right across the board with um, activity. But she also has some events that she looks after herself and some clients that are specific to her accounts. Probably your more regular clients, like we have a, a client, Western School of Massage, who come in a couple of times a, a month um, and what I would call bread and butter clients. And although that, that particular client isn't Sophie's, you know, those regular type business Sophie would, would look after. In normal circumstances, how busy would you and the team be? We are extremely busy all the time, but for whoever you would ask that question to, it would always say that. <laughs> but we, um, as an, an events professional, you do feel on the go all, all the time. But we, because we're striking the balance between commercial and corporate, there used to be peaks and troughs throughout the, the year, and that doesn't kind of happen anymore. So to give you a flavour, we had the best, the, the year before the pandemic hit, we had our best financial year ever. And the we beat our target by 24%. So that was a huge you know, thing for, for the team. And we were progressing year on year. And so for the pandemic to hit was a bit of a kick in the teeth for the team. Um, but we were smashing the target and we had also delivered the largest num number of corporate events that we ever had done before. So it was a hugely successful you know, time for us. The, the financial year that the, the pandemic hit, we were 77% of the previous year's income. And so we were well on our way to achieving that or, or there or thereabouts again. And the thing for us, um, Craig, is that our biggest and busiest period 
is May, June and July. A lot of people, when you tell them you work at a university, they think, oh, you get that time off. No, that's mm -hmm. the conference and events busiest time because that's when teaching doesn't happen and the space is available around the university for us to sell and deliver those bigger bigger conferences. So we, we are busy in both areas of the, the, the business. We deal on average with the last fin the last academic year, 24 inquir commercial inquiries per week with an average value of 91,000 per week. Now, that, that business doesn't always uh, come in and we turn a lot of it away because unlike other universities like Strathclyde and Edinburgh, we don't have the dedicated conference space to, to utilise. So we are maximising space outside of teaching. And our executive board would, you know, are probably sick of me requesting for the need for de dedicated space. Um, but the fact is that the business is there in the city and inquiring with GCU. So there is an opportunity there as we move forward and we relook at the estate and, and you know, there's a shift in the way that we're all working. There is an opportunity. But, you know, we're, before the, the pandemic hit, we, you know, we, we were busy. Julie, that leads me very nicely on to the big question then. How badly has the pandemic affected events at GCU? So it has impacted us as badly. Um, you know, the, the we cancelled 18 corporate events when we we initially, um, you know, when we were initially told to go home and we were instructed to, to cancel those. But the commercial events were slightly different because th there was legal contracts involved in, in those. And so you have to work with the clients to postpone dates or to amend numbers. And, and you know, there's a legality about that. And obviously you do it to a certain time and then the restrictions went on longer and the pandemic went on longer. And so then you revisit that. So we've been, we seem to have been busy revisiting the same things with our commercial clients quite, quite a lot. But the one thing that is, is evident in conference and events is that you, you plan well in advance so at the moment, Greg in particular as business development manager, he's just secured two major conferences, reputational conferences like that are ambassador um, program related for you know years ahead. So we're looking at 2023, he's working on a project now for 2026. So you are constantly working and these bids that other cities are putting in for, to attract these conferences are done years in advance. So the work we do now it will be when you know we come down down the line to, to get that. So everybody thinks because you're not delivering physical events just now, you've got nothing to do, and then that definitely isn't the case. Having said that, it is very difficult to plan for the future when there is so many restrictions and, and uncertainties, particularly around travel around the, the world, etc. So so yeah, it did impact us, but because you're so busy operationally as well, there is an opportunity to do all those things you, you never get round to doing. So for example, we've upgraded our event management system and that's been something that was on the to-do list for a long time but because of operational events we weren't able to do. So every every cloud. <laughs> Julie, let's jump back about 15 months and we'll look at the, the start of the pandemic. How did you and your team react and respond to, to working from home? Because as you say, your job and, and your team's role is, is so connected with things taking place on campus. Can you tell us what that was like? It was tough, uh, you know, there's no doubt about it. I think initially when it happened, there was different members of the team that were aware for how long we might be doing that for. Some thought we'd be back after three weeks and some knew this was for kind of the long call. And, um, and so people have reacted in the team differently. 
at first, I think we all thought it was a chance to catch our breath and get all those things done that we, we needed to get done. But as time went on and we got through those tasks and you know events were being cancelled as, as opposed to, to postponed or they were moving online and therefore weren't coming to us as a, as a venue, the reality kind of hit. And the team were furloughed at the beginning of June. And I have to say, I've just written a, a, you know, an article from a LinkedIn and one of the things that I said in that was, I don't know who it was more tough on me or the team, because it was hard telling them that. But and it was hard for them to to go and away and, and not work because they're all hard workers. Mm-hmm. But for me to be left on my own was was tough as as well, you know. So it did impact on the team massively. But one thing about events uh, professionals is that they have such transferable skills, organisational communication, all these different things. So the team were able to go and support marketing and recruitment with clearing initially, and then with the inquiries, and and that was was great for for us. To to be able to offer our services to, to other departments around the university. And for a lot of people in the events industry, that wasn't the case. They were just made redundant. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, we're very grateful that, you know, we've still all got jobs within the events industry at the university. That was the initial kind of response. And then as we moved through, it was more, right, how are we going to deal with online, you know, researching the online platforms, um, you know, looking at the things that were out there and, and working out the best way to use them to deliver events and things. So I think, you know, we got over that initial hurdle and we made sure all our clients were happy and then our attention turned to online events. That is perfectly set on my next question, Julie. How have you found online-only events? So it's interesting because our team were having a conversation the other day about what you prefer. And um, I think it was a resounding yes to physical events. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the main reason being there's so much more work and so much more detail goes into an online event than a physical. Oh, huge amount. So, for example, the research celebration that we're in the process of organising at the moment, normally you would say to an academic member of staff who's running a workshop, right, you're in room W001, you're at slot 11 till 12, and you can go and do your workshop. Simple, or there or thereabouts, in in short. Um, But when that's online, you're using an online platform where we need to have the presentation beforehand. So that means the the academic member of staff has to send us the presentation well in advance so that we can get it uploaded, etc. We need a list of everybody that's taking part in that workshop, whether it's somebody that's just doing the Q&A or different presenters. We have one workshop that's got about six or seven presenters. And us, from an online event control point of view, need to know which speaker is speaking when on which slide so that you can put them onto the screen. So that means for 17 workshops on the research celebration, we need 17 running orders and a list of each one and every presentation. So that's just one example of how they differ from a physical event to an online event. And if you imagine that we're obviously delivering more in the research celebration, that work has to go into for for every online event that you do. And nine times out of 10, you're doing an online event with high profile people Mm. whose diaries don't match up at the same time. So I think the number of rehearsals we do is just, you know, my diary next week is absolutely jam packed with rehearsals, but you need people to be briefed properly because if they're not online, that can be a total, total disaster. Have you had any disasters since you've gone online? 
Um, my first online event, I nearly had a heart attack. Um, we, we, it was with Mary Robinson in the Centre for Climate Justice, and I was up early organising. And I had a phone call from the principal's office to say that they hadn't had the link through to join the, the event. Now, the link isn't just something I create and copy and paste. It's sent automatically from the system for the speakers. It's different for delegates, but it's different, you know, for, for the panellists. And that can be, that was a heart attack for my first online event. So um, we've had other instances um, where there's people been jumping in and, you know, the system's crashed. Uh, I know Elsa worked on an event for GSBS and her system crashed. It might have just been a blip in her Wi-Fi at the time, but it didn't crash the whole event, thankfully. But you do have these heart attack moments when you're delivering online events or you know we, we did the fundraiser with with martin and, and midge and, and midge originally couldn't get onto the 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 platform so you you have these challenges but as an events professional you're kind of you know trained to overcome problems and challenges and online events that's the same but it's difficult because nine times out of ten you're on your own you haven't got the support of the team around you and I think that's one of the big differences from mm -hmm. online events and I've got a renewed respect for audiovisual technicians <laughs> um, I say to one of the suppliers we work with and he was like yeah Julie we have that heart attack every time we do an event whether it's a physical or an online I was like fair play you know so um so yeah a renewed respect for audiovisual technicians we're seeing the easing of lockdown restrictions across the UK. What do you think the events at the university, and not just at the university, but across Glasgow, across Scotland, across the UK, what do you think they're going to look like? So I think there'll be a mixture of everything, if I'm honest, um, Craig. There will be some events that choose to remain online because it works better. So, for example, at GCU, the chair of court has decided that next year's stakeholder event will remain online uh, because we were able to capture and reach audiences across the world that were interested in what's happening at GCU. So that's one thing about a huge positive of, of online events is the audiences that it can reach. Um, so some of them will remain online. Our attendance at the research events like the Prof Lecture and the research celebration has increased as opposed to the physical events. So there might be some that ought to stay online with, with those because the attendance is better. There are some that are absolutely desperate to get back to physical and, you know, I'd say the majority um, were happy to get back to, to physical, mainly around the commercial conferences. I think that, you know, there's a lot of, of demand for face-to-face for -face interaction. But then you've got the in-between and this is the, the new area for us events professionals and hybrid events. So a hybrid event is a physical event that takes place maybe with less numbers, um, but not necessarily. But then the event is also online. Now, it's not just a case of the physical event is streamed out online. You're effectively uh, organising two event experiences, one online and one physical. So, for example, if you're charging for a, um, a conference, uh, you know, as a company, and you're charging to go to the conference, you're paying for the venue hire, you're paying for your catering, and then those those delegates that go to that are getting a networking experience, and they're getting all the workshops and things. You need to ensure that the fees that you're charging for your online delegates, they're getting what they need out of it as well. Um, so, for example, ensuring that they've got an opportunity to put questions in as well as the audience in the physical room. So hybrid events will be something that, that people consider moving forward. And I think one of the stats that came from one of our industry professionals is 
how many people were considering hybrid before as opposed to how many after and it was hugely up on on the the previous i think it went from something like 40 86 percent you know hybrid although it was around before the pandemic people didn't really consider it as part of their organization of their events and now that is absolutely you know something that they're considering whether they take that forward and implement that is a is something that is yet to be seen but i think you know it is definitely a consideration and for us as a venue we need to to gear ourselves up to accommodate hybrid events which is why we're looking at platforms and suppliers and things now that can help support that because that will be the way forward for for conferences in the future so i think it'll be a mixture of, of all three to be honest do you think there needs to be work done to make sure people can feel safe before they return to big events yeah i think there there is i think the demand is there for people to want to return some of the the test events that you'll have seen around the uk and abroad actually you know you you see that the demand is there but there is naturally going to be an apprehension for some people going into to events or attending it whether it's a conference a concert or a football match and the thing is the events industry is more is ready for this more than any other industry because we've always had to work around crowd control or access and egress and and health and safety it's always been a consideration of anything that you you deliver so the the events professionals organizing these events will automatically take that um requirement to make people feel safe into consideration when they're organizing their events so the same way that a restaurant would take into consideration food safety we as events professionals are automatically going to be taking that into consideration as part of the events as we move move forward into to the future how confident are you in the university's ability to deliver events once things get back to normal and i'm saying get back to normal and bunny years quotes there yeah absolutely um i think I am absolutely confident the university will be able to do it. I think we are aware that teaching and research activity, etc., has to, to come first. But some of the events that we are organising support that activity and that experience. So I think that, you know, the team are you know, positive and can look to work with all the the other departments around the university to make that happen. And I think we'll we'll do it well, but we're under no illusions that we need to do it gradually and ease ourselves back into it as the restrictions ease and as teaching activity on campus in, increases. But yeah, absolutely confident that the events will be back with a bang at GCU and we'll be attracting lots of uh, famous names and providing good experiences for everybody. Listening to you talk, Julie, it sounds like you're really proud of the work that you and your team do. It's a small team, there's only five of you, but you consistently beat your targets. You were 24% above your target before the, the pandemic hit. That must be a really good feeling to work with these people. It's, I'm so proud of them, Craig. Um, it's a great team to be part of. I've worked at the university for eight years now and I, everybody that I work with in the team has always delivered. They have to strike a balance between the commercial side of the events and the corporate side of the events and they do that so well. And they have high standards and they set those high standards. You know, 
they hate to turn business away um, it upsets them <laughs> but sometimes we you know we can't imagine a space to be able to accommodate it but they hate to turn business away and I respect that in them but they have high standards and the level of detail that they go into when they're delivering corporate events is second to none and I think that is recognised around the university you know the principal is constantly supporting our department which which is great to, to for the team to hear as well and for the last few years we've been part of the foundation and alumni team which, which has been amazing as well because the relationships that they build with you know honorary grads and and the work that they do with with alumni and the fundraising side of things with Sir Alex has been the two services around the, the university is complemented that really. So, you know, our mini conference and events team are exceptionally good and we like to, to work with everybody around the university, both in, term of, in terms of internal service providers, but also the clients that were around the university that we're delivering events for. And obviously to be part of the wider team with foundation alumni, it's a great, great team to be part of. And I'm, I'm really glad to be part of it. Julie, that was a really great way to finish things. But just before you go, can you get a plug in for your team and tell us how we can get involved in the various events that are taking place around GCU? Okay, so a lot of our corporate events are now listed on the university's website. So you may not have attended an event in the past, but check that website out and come along to one of our, our events. We'd be delighted to, to have you as part of it and share it with your contacts and your partners at the university as well, because they're all welcome. Where commercial events are concerned, if you have any partners or any colleagues or anything outside of the university that would consider using GCU as a venue for their conference and event, you are entitled to 25% discount and that is passed on to your colleague, partner, friend, whoever it may be. So please do get in touch with the team because we'd be delighted to host their events um, and you would be doing us a favour by contributing to the common good. What a fantastic way to wrap things up. I'd also like to thank everyone who tuned into this episode and I do hope you'll join us again next time when we'll be in conversation with another member of staff from Glasgow Caledonian University. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to us from and never miss an episode. Until then, I've been Craig Telfer and this has been The Common Good Podcast. Mm-hmm.